Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got a good amount of news this week with updates from streaming services, latest box office numbers, as well as film production updates. Let's start with the latest box office numbers. Staying in first place is Black Panther Wakanda Forever with 11.1 million for a total of 409.8 million. In second place is Violent Night with 8.7 million for a total of 26.7 million. Third place was Strange World with 3.6 million for a total now of 30.4 million. Fourth place was The Menu with 2.7 million for a total of 29 million. In fifth place was Devotion with $2 million for a total of 16.9 million. As for other films, Black Adam is now at 166.8 million and The Fablemans is at 7.3 3 million. This will be the last quiet weekend for a bit, as next weekend we have Avatar The Way of Water finally being released. But that's for the next episode. What about the numbers for this week? Well, Wakanda Forever might struggle to get to 450 million, but it will be passing Doctor Strange this week to become the biggest Marvel movie of the year, at least domestically. Which isn't too much of a surprise, since the first Black Panther movie is one of the biggest domestic movies of all time. Uh, for Universal, Violent Night is holding fantastic with only a 40% drop. Thanks to its low budget, this will turn into at least a small hit at the box office for the studio. The menu, meanwhile, continues to go toe-to-toe with Strange World, which just hit 30 million domestic, almost three weekends in. While China continues to relax restrictions and cases mount, the box office hasn't changed much as audiences wait for Avatar. With that being the case, One Piece Film Red stayed in first place with 4.9 million for a total of 18.8 million. Detective Conan came in second place with 2.45 million for a total of 23.6 million. It should be noted, as more theaters have reopened, Detective Conan actually improved 30% compared to last weekend. Third place was the tipping point with 1.39 million for a total of 24.4 million. Fourth place was Homecoming with another. 950,000 for a total of 235 million dollars and in fifth place was Farewell Beijing with 600,000 for a total of 7.43 million. For worldwide numbers, Wakanda Forever made another 11.8 million for a total of 767.8 million. This will basically grind to a halt internationally when Avatar comes out. The first one was huge internationally compared to domestic Violent Night made 4.6 million for a worldwide total of 41.8 million. Strange World made 3.7 million for a total of 53.5 million. The Menu made another 3.6 million for a worldwide total of 57.7 million. And Black Adam is slowly crawling to 300 million now, with it at 389 million worldwide. Uh, to get ahead of Avatar, Universal has started the international release of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. It opened in 24 markets and made 8.9 million. As for updates in Hollywood, we start off with some good news. Jane Fonda announced that her cancer is in remission. A few months ago, she announced that she was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and had to take chemotherapy to fight it. She also said that with it being in remission, she can stop chemo. This is great as cancer can be devastating. Hopefully it stays in remission. For the upcoming Oscars, we have a small update to the nomination event. 
They have announced that the Oscar nominations will return to being a live event. Over the past few years, it's just been the host reading off the nominees for each category, and that's it. The event will be at the Samuel Goodwin Theater, and will take place on January 24th. Now let's go to films and production, as we actually have quite a few updates. Uh, Timothy Chalamet posts on Instagram that Dune Part 2 has wrapped principal photography. It now heads into post-production, with it still set to come out November 3rd, 2023. We have a new film going into production, and I don't think it's one people have been thinking of. It is a sequel to Twister, called Twisters. Yes, this is not a reboot, but it will be a sequel to the film that came out back in 1996, starring Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. As for the sequel, Amelin Productions will produce the film to be distributed by Universal. Also, in an odd part of how the film will be made, Warner Brothers is co-financing the film. While it's not clear why, it looks like it's due to partial rights they have to the IP, as they did distribute the first one in theaters. The film's script will be written by Mark L. Smith and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, who recently directed Minari. Universal has set the release date for July 20. Universal has set the release date for July 19, 2024, one week before Marvel Studios Thunderbolts. I've not seen the first Twister film, but I have seen Minari, which was really good. So I think uh, Chung is a solid choice to direct, and I think this could do well at the box office. As one thing we've seen this year is that there's still an appetite for non-superhero films. They just need to be either well done or original or both. We got uh, some new video game films in development. Uh, the first being an exclusive from Deadline, and that is Death Stranding is getting the treatment. Kojima Productions has teamed up with Hammerstone Studios to produce the film, and Hideo Kojima will be a producer for the film as well. That's basically all we know. Deadline is saying that the film will have new characters and new elements, so do not expect it to be a straight adaptation of the first game, which I think is a smart move. It's currently being fast-tracked at Hammerstone, but no word on director or cast yet. I'm not surprised that Death Stranding is getting a film. It's well-known, Kojima loves films, and really, the trailers he produces for his games feel like short films by themselves. By now having his own production company for a while now, this is not a shock. Also, really is the best move to have a separate story set in the universe. I love the first game, it's fantastic, but if you try to cram that story into two and a half hours and then try to get the general audience to understand it, it's going to fall flat on its face. The second is another exclusive from Deadline and has an update on the Five Nights at Freddy's film being made by Bloomhouse. They are reporting that Matthew Lillard and Josh Hutchinson have signed on to star in the project with production beginning in February. Those are solid choices for the film, and really the only issue is, is it too late to release this film? Like, have we passed Five Nights at Freddy's face? We'll have to wait and see. Third exclusive from Deadline, but is for a film already shooting, and that is a casting update for the John Wick spinoff Ballerino, and that is Norman Reedus is joining the film. It's not known yet what character he'll be, but I'd say he'd likely be one of the antagonists. Still, I'm a fan of Reedus, and I'm glad he is getting more work than just The Walking Dead. And because Sony just can't help themselves, they are making a new Spider-Man villain-focused film. It's in very early development, but the film will focus on Hypno-Hustler, and will star Donald Glover as the lead role. Only other news about it is that Miles Murphy will write the script. As for why they are doing this, I have no idea, but they are clearly still all in on making more villain films without Spider-Man. Deadpool 3 director Sean Levy has said to Collider that they are planning to start filming in May. 
This makes sense as they would need to start filming by then to release by November of 2024. He also mentioned that it is still very much an R-rated film, which is great to hear. For a new film now in early stages is Killer Vacation, and this is an exclusive for Variety. The film is set up at Warner Brothers and will star John Cena and Jason Momoa with not much known about the plot, just that it'll be an action comedy. The script has already been written by Mark and Brian Gund, no word on a director yet. I think this is great as one thing missing from the box office comeback is solid comedy films. If you've noticed, those have not really returned to theaters as they've either moved to streaming or they just don't get made. Both Cena and Momoa have the charisma to lead a comedy film, so the duo is right as long as the script is solid. Warner Brothers should have a hit on their hands. Now let's head over to Warner Brothers where they have a lot going on this week. First off, they have unveiled their marketing campaign for the studio's 100th anniversary, set for April 4th. The campaign will be throughout the year, however, and includes a documentary about the studio, uh, which will air on HBO Max. It will include bundles of studio films on Blu-ray and digital, and some old films being remastered and re-released in 4K. HBO Max will also have a dedicated hub by the end of January for it as well. So, the studio itself, congratulations on making it 100 years. They join an exclusive club, which comprises of Universal and Paramount. And funny enough, Walt Disney Pictures specifically will also join the club in 2023 as well, with MGM set to join in 2024. Warner Brothers has made a lot of great films over the past century, and that deserves to be recognized and celebrated throughout the year. However, with new leadership, it has been a turbulent 2022, and 2023 business-wise does not look like it will get better just yet. Now, the big news at DC, as James Gunn and Peter Safran have made their first moves as heads of DC, and that is Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. Currently, Gunn is writing a script for a Superman film with the focus on his early days as the superhero, and with that being the case, a new actor needs to be cast. They are currently planning to announce more updates sometime in January. As for Cavill, he has confirmed on Instagram that he met with Gunn and Safran about hanging up the cape. Here is part of his statement. Quote, I've just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news, everyone. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October, prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens, so I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. End quote. Personally, this sucked to hear as I was a big fan of Cavill and really wanted to see him in at least one more film as the Man of Steel, but I also understand Gunn and Stafford have to make the hard choices in getting the DC Universe back on track. Hopefully, they have a good idea of where they want to head with it. Also in DC news this week is Patty Jenkins pushing back on reports she walked away from Wonder Woman 3 after getting back studio notes about Wonder Woman's character arc for the film. Her side of the story is that she was open to anything, but with all of the changes happening, nothing she could say would speed up moving the film into production. Here is part of her statement. Quote, this is simply not true. I never walked away. I was open to considering anything asked of me. It was my understanding that there was nothing I could do to move anything forward at this time. DC is obviously buried in changes they're having to make. So I understand these decisions are difficult right now. End quote. This could be true, and again, if we are to give benefit of the doubt, it would be to her, as no one is willing to actually go on record saying she walked away because she couldn't agree with the studio on where the character goes in the film. Also, her statement makes sense. Most of this year, they have been looking at finding new bosses for DC. So why would the new heads of Warner Brothers rush into a new superhero film 
that might not even fit in a new connected universe, especially with all of the cost cutting going on. I really hope Gun and Saffron can clean up DC, because it really is a mess right now. And before Paramount releases their final film of the year, Babylon, they have announced a first look deal with Wild Chicken Production. The production company is run by Damien Chanzel and his wife, Olivia Hamilton. The first look deal includes both producing and directing. It shows a lot of confidence in Chanzel for Babylon, or at the very least, they love the film. Hopefully it will pay off for them, as Chanzel is a fantastic director. For the National Film Registry, they have announced a list of films for the year that will be preserved by the Library of Congress, and Little Mermaid and First Iron Man made the list. To qualify, the film needs to be at least 10 years old and be culturally, aesthetically, or historically significant. As for trailers, we got quite a few. We got the second trailer for The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser, the A24 film directed by Darren Aronofsky, also stars Sadie Sink, and Hong Chao, and comes out December 9th domestically. Personally, from what I can see, it looks like it's a great film, but I might wait to watch it at home. The next trailer we got is from Paramount, and that is the teaser trailer for Scream 6. While this is a quick turnaround from Scream, which just came out this year, the sixth film was fast-tracked and will come out March 10th. The teaser doesn't show much, but does show it will be taking place during Halloween, which is a great idea, as it will allow the murderer playing Ghostface to blend in. Looking forward to this one. Sony released their first trailer for 65. The film stars Adam Driver and is written and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. The plot of the film is Driver's character as a pilot who crash lands on a planet, which turns out to be Earth 65 million years in the past, which means, that's right, there's dinosaurs. This is either going to be actually good, which is doubtful, or a cheesy level of bad that there can be some laughs found. It also has some direct competition, also opening up March 10th, same day as Scream 6. Sony released a second trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which showed only a slice of new footage. Still, from what they have teased so far, it looks really good. It's set to come out June 2nd, 2023. Final trailer we got is for Warner Brothers Barbie. The film is directed by Greta Gerwig and stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. The short teaser was good, and as someone who was curious how this would even play out, uh, it might actually be good. Looks like it's not going to take itself seriously at all, which is the best way to play it. Let's start off VOD Premium with the changes at HBO Max. For Warner Brothers Discovery, they have announced that there will be more content write-downs than anticipated, now totaling around $3.5 billion, and they expect it to be completed by the end of 2024. This news has happened the same week a few more cancellations and changes have occurred. The comedy series Love Life on HBO Max has been canceled after two seasons. The second show for HBO Max that was canceled was Minx. This was a weird one because it was renewed for season two back in May, and currently they were almost done filming it. Now, unlike Batgirl, this is not that in the water just yet, as Lionsgate was producing it for the streamer. They will now take back the show and try to sell it somewhere else. In the meantime, though, the first season of Minx will be pulled off the service. As for HBO proper, well, they were not spared either, as The Nevers has been cancelled halfway through its first season. Part 1 of season 1 has already aired, with part 2 set to be released sometime in 2023. As well as being cancelled, it too will be pulled off of HBO Max. And what was probably the biggest shock to HBO fans this week was that Westworld, which was already cancelled back in November, will also be removed from the service. The company has offered no explanation as to why, but they did say that they'll be making a deal with a third-party fast service and make them available there. 
Along with that, they also announced their plans for their own fast service. Along with that, they said that they will also announce their plans for their own fast service sometime in 2023. I hope those third-party deals are short-term, because if I was running it and I pulled those shows, it would be to move them to my own fast service and do a marketing push, not move them to an upcoming competitor's service. Also, the way they have done it is messy, with fans of both shows not knowing why they were pulled, as it's not a good look. I know for Westworld it's still available on digital, on iTunes and Vudu, as well as Blu-ray if you want a physical copy, but still, it's messy. Uh, HBO Max will be going through a lot of changes in 2023. Uh, one show that did get renewed at HBO Max was The Sex Lives of College Girls. It has just wrapped up its second season, and will get a third Uh, They are not the only streamer canceling shows this week, as Netflix has also canceled uh, Warrior Nun, which will end after two seasons. Its second season premiered a few weeks ago and did spend three weeks in Netflix's top ten, but that was not enough to get a third season. In other Netflix news, Wednesday continues to be very popular on the streaming platform, becoming the third show to pass one billion hours watched. The other two are Squid Games and the fourth season of Stranger Things has also passed Dahmer to become the second biggest English show of all time for Netflix. The documentary Harry and Meghan debuted in second place behind Wednesday with 81.6 million hours. This does make it the biggest debut of a documentary for Netflix, but that's not a surprise considering the topic at hand. While Tyler Perry will be working with Amazon to produce four new films, that does not mean he is done with Netflix just yet. It was announced this week that he will direct and produce six triple eight. The film will be about the six. 1888th Battalion in World War II, which was the only all-black and all-female battalion in the war. Perry will be adapting from an article published by Kevin M. Heimel about the soldiers. No word on casting or when production will start. This is definitely a good subject for a movie, and I'm glad it's being made. For me, the real question is, will it be a big, bombastic World War II film, or a slower-paced one focused on the characters? So while that is a great idea for a movie being worked on, this one is questionable. Netflix has teamed up with Legendary to produce and release a live-action adaptation of My Hero Academia. If you are in Japan, Toho will be given the film a theatrical release. Now, this is one of the more popular animes I have not watched, but I would say this will probably not go well. I mean, most live-action anime adaptations have not done well, and for Netflix, they are batting a pretty pretty poor average right now. Cowboy Bebop has flopped, and their One Piece adaptation is still not out yet. Uh, One thing they have going for themselves is this is a film and not a show, so ideally if it bombs it would cost them less. I'm also surprised with that with Legendary producing that Sony did not get in on this. The cross-promotion would have been perfect, as Sony owns both Crunchyroll and Funimation, they have the streaming rights for the show in most countries around the world. They might also be dodging a bullet here. For this story I was not sure where to put it, but decided it's best to put it here as it is about streaming in China. This is also an exclusive firm variety. So anyway, there is a Netflix documentary being released in China, and just to backtrack, it is a documentary about Roberto Baggio, the famous Italian soccer player, with the film called Baggio, The Divine Ponytail. Now, it was released back in 2021 on Netflix, but leading media was able to get the distribution rights for it in China back in December of last year, and it has now been approved for release. It'll be released right before the World Cup on streaming platforms Billy Billy and Yoku, with it being available on Mango TV down the road. As for leading media, this is the first time I've heard about them, but it seems like they have a growing business of buying distribution rights for non-Chinese films to get approval and then distribute it on streaming services in China. 
Variety mentions how they have so far distributed 35 films, including another Netflix film, Outside the Wire, and older films like Million Dollar Baby from Clint Eastwood. And mainland China, only streaming services owned by Chinese companies can operate. So there's actually a potential growing business there for leading media to buy the rights of these films, handle the approval process, and it works out for everyone. Netflix, for example, gets some more return on their investment for a film, right? They get paid. Leading media can make some cash by selling it to multiple streaming platforms in China, and people in China can watch the content from services they normally can't get. It's fun talking about other streamers than just the typical Netflix, Disney, HBO Max. Fresh off of losing the role of Superman, Henry Cavill has signed on to a project for Prime Video. The project, well, it'll be an adaptation of Warhammer 4000, a popular tabletop game. Now I'm saying project because Amazon has gotten the rights to make both film, TV, and also animation adaptations of the IP. So it's not clear yet what will be first. What is confirmed is Henry Cavill will star in at least one of the projects and executive produce as well. Here's Cavill's statement on the announcement. Quote, I have loved Warhammer since I was a boy, making this moment truly special for me. The opportunity to shepherd this cinematic universe from its inception is quite the honor and the responsibility. I couldn't be more grateful for all the hard work put in by Vertigo, Amazon Studios, and Games Workshop to make this happen. One step closer to making a nion lifelong dream come true. End quote. Being not only an executive producer, but playing a part in getting the rights lined up is smart on his part, as he would likely not want to repeat of uh, The Witcher. There have been rumors been going on for a while now that the showrunners of the show are purposely ignoring lore and doing their own thing. Cavill has gotten annoyed with this and is rumored to be part of the reason why he left. You know, it's widely known he is a big fan of the books and the games of that series. So he would want it to be treated right as a fan. I have not played the uh, Warhammer, so I really don't know anything about it. My only hope is that since he will not be Superman anymore, that he will not dedicate all of his time here and will also work on other projects. One of the bigger fast services is building up their library of Korean content. Tubi has signed a deal with CJ ENM to bring Korean films, dramas, and K-pop to the service, totaling to around 500 hours. As for why, well, Tubi says that over the past year, viewers watching Korean shows and films have gone up 25%. So there's an audience already there that is looking for more. One thing I've liked over the past decade as streaming has boomed is that international content has been so much easier to watch. 15, 20 years ago, if you wanted to watch films or shows from Asia, it would be next to impossible. You'd have to look for the rare legitimate DVD and in all likelihood had to get it illegally. Apple TV Plus, they have a documentary getting ready for the release in January about the Super League. It'll come out January 13th, and will be a four-part series about the league that imploded in historic fashion. If you don't follow sports, it was insane watching it be announced and collapse in a matter of days. Can't wait to watch this. Also for Apple TV Plus, an exclusive from Variety, Mythic Quest is getting a spin-off series called Mere Mortals. It'll be written by Ashley Birch, John Howell Harris, and Kate McElhenney. All three are currently writers on Mythic Quest, with Birch also starring in it. The show will be eight episodes long and focus on the people affected by the game Mythic Quest, including players and employees. This could be good. Personally, I've liked the first two seasons of Mythic Quest, and I need to catch up and watch the third. For Paramount Plus, the next Yellowstone spinoff has premiered, 1923, which stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. So far, it's getting solid reviews from critics, with a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. As for Disney+, Plus, it was expected and now confirmed 
Strange World will be headed to the streamer December 23rd. Uh, considering how badly this did at the box office, I don't expect this to connect with audiences over the holidays on Disney Plus either. And as if for this massive episode of box office receipts, there's a lot to go through from Hollywood. As always, you can like on Facebook, follow on Twitter, links to both are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.